And that is what we're going to be studying this summer. I am really excited about the opportunity to spend the next several months. We're actually going to go well into September studying what I believe is a really special place in God's Word. You know, folks, from Genesis to Revelation, almost everything that is taught about God, did you know you can find it in the Psalms? Almost everything taught in Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, about man, you can find it in the Psalms. In the Psalms, you and I have a place where we can go and crawl up with a warm blanket and find security, find rest in the midst of some of life's cold and hard storms. In the Psalms, you have a place where you can go and there's, boy, there's some deep, difficult issues to walk through, some challenges there. In the Psalms, you have a place where you and I can find very clear, direct living on how to live life how to make it work. In the Psalms, you and I have just about everything that we need. You know, the Psalms may be the most read portion of Scripture, not only by believers, those of us that come to church and and open our Bibles regularly, but even among other believers, either among other religions that come to the Scriptures, their most read is the Psalms. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 23 you may have the single most read piece of literature in human history. More eyes may have laid on Psalm 23 than than anything else in, in all of literature anywhere. In the Psalms, we have the book that the New Testament quotes the most often. 125 times the New Testament quotes the Psalms. Matthew quotes the Psalms 17 times just to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. Many of you might be familiar with with Mary's song of praise when the angel Gabriel comes to her and tells her that, boy, inside her womb is going to be the very Son of God. And as she responds to that in praise, line after line of that song comes right out of the Psalms. Every New Testament writer quotes the Psalms. Folks, what we can clearly see is is that from Jesus to Mary to the apostles to the New Testament writers, they all have a profound love, a profound working knowledge of the Psalms. And boy, that's my prayer that as we come through this summer, as we head into September, that that's what's happening in your life and in my life. We're, We're gaining an increasing knowledge, an increasing love of this very special place, this very special book that God has given us in the Psalms. Now what we're going to do today is a little bit different. We're not going to open up to Psalm number and then look at a particular Psalm. What we're going to do today is it's called introduction information. We're going to kind of get a context. What is the Psalms? What do we hold in our hand when we hold this book? We're going to learn a little bit of some of the facts about its authorship and where it came from and how it's used. It helps us kind of understand and interpret. If you ever have a game out there that's called Psalm Trivia, listen to today and you'll be ready to play that game. We're going to get kind of some fast facts on the Psalms and understand what it is as we start, as we prepare for our study. We'll start, first of all, you see, we're going to start with authorship. There are 73 Psalms written by David. A lot of times when you hear of the Psalms, you'll hear them referred to as David's Psalms. They're referred to as his because he writes most of them. You see, it says at least 73. We have a handful of Psalms. We don't know who wrote them. 
They're anonymous. But some of those they think David might have written. And so he wrote at least 73, maybe a couple more. We also have some Psalms that we do know who wrote them. For instance, there's at least six other contributors. Moses wrote Psalm 90. Solomon wrote uh, Psalm 72 and 127. Asaph wrote 12 Psalms. The sons of Korah, 11. Heman wrote Psalm 88. And Ethan, did y'all know there was an Ethan in the Old Testament? There he is right there. He wrote Psalm 89. So we have these contributors. There's a handful like I said, that we don't know who wrote. But Jewish tradition uh, attributes certain biblical characters to those. For instance, Jewish tradition, this is not, this is not what we know for a fact, but, but what Jews have traditionally said, well, we believe, and some of those is like Psalm 137. They say Jeremiah probably wrote that. Or, or Psalm 146, uh, Haggai, or Psalm 147, Zechariah. Now, I mention all those names because if you start putting that together, I mean, Moses is, who is who gave us Genesis to Deuteronomy. You start talking about Moses all the way down to, to Zechariah. And man, you're, you realize, hey, the Psalms cover the whole of the Old Testament. We, we have Psalms coming from every area, every direction during those Old Testament uh, years. We have 15 Psalms that are called the Songs of Ascent. Those are Psalms 120 to 134, 15 Psalms that, that Jews recited, that they sung as they were ascending. Now, there was several times during the year when Jews would travel to Jerusalem for feasts or, or for certain festivals commanded in the Old Testament. And wherever you came from in Israel, you ascended to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was built up on a hill. And so that's why they're called Songs of Ascent. As they approached Jerusalem, as they began to, to move and to work up the hill to Jerusalem, then they would sing these songs. They would recite these psalms. We have a, another group that was traditionally used. Psalms 113 to 118 were sung and, and, and used during the Passover. I think that's kind of interesting for us to know. As if you'll remember, Jesus was celebrating the Passover in the upper room, wasn't he? The night that he was arrested, the night before he was crucified, he had his apostles all there in the upper room and they were celebrating the Passover. And we can certainly go to the Gospels and see what, what Jesus was teaching, what he was talking about. But when we, go to, when, we, when we learn this, we realize, hey, I know a little bit now about what Jesus was singing, what he was reciting as Jesus would have gone to these psalms, I know what he was thinking about as he was thinking about God his Father. So those psalms give us some insight into another part of what was going on that night. Our oldest psalm is Psalm 90, and that goes with Moses. That would have been written in about 1450 B.C. And then the, the last psalm written was Psalm 137, might have been by Jeremiah. And that was written... And if you go there, you see that in the, in the opening lines, as Judah was being exiled into Babylon. And that happened in about the 500s B.C. So you've got almost a thousand years there. The, the, the Psalms cover a thousand year time span. They're, they're showing up, they're being written, they're, they're appearing all through that thousand year time period. We have, uh, because it's all through that history, we have Psalms that are tied to different pieces of history. I would imagine for a lot of us a favorite story in the Bible uh, in the Old Testament is David and Goliath, right? Man, we like that song, Good Guy Wins. Well, that, uh, after that story, you might be wondering, I wonder, what, I wonder what David thought after he defeated 
Goliath. I wonder how he prayed, how he praised, how he thanked God. Well, you know what? You can go to Psalm 8 and Psalm 144 and find out exactly how he was praising God because those Psalms were written after the event of David and Goliath. Of course, we also get some insight into a more tragic event. David wrote Psalm 51 after the adulterous affair with Bathsheba and the the murder of her husband. Man, folks, there's some heavy sins in our lives sometimes. There's some real guilt. Some wonder, man, how can I even look up at God? How could God want to hear me? How, How would I talk to God? How would I approach God when that kind of sin has been in my life? Well, in Psalm 51, we find out. In Psalm 51, we see how David worked through that sin in his life. Some of these psalms were written for private worship. And by that, I mean like a David, maybe when he wrote Psalm 51 or some of these other psalms. They they may have been praying, they may have been praising, they may have been writing these. And in that moment, all they knew is that they were, you know, this is is between me and God. Maybe they had no concept that that this would be taken and used for a larger body of believers. Or certainly that that you and I would be here 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 years later studying these Psalms. So some were written like that. Others were absolutely written for the purpose of public consumption, public worship. Uh, I mentioned those guys Asaph and the, and the sons of Korah. Th- those are the guys that would have maybe like a, a priest or a Levite would have gone and said, hey, could, could you write us a prayer for this? Could, could you write us a psalm of praise for this event? And then they went and they wrote that. And knowing that it was going to go to the congregation, knowing that it was for everybody, key word in the psalm. I think whenever you're studying a book, it's good to know what's the key word? What's a word that's used that's really important? And obviously, probably not much surprise, it's the word praise. That word appears 211 times in the 150 psalms. Just to kind of put that in context, the word praise appears 129 times in all the rest of the Bible. So it is used a lot in the Psalms. A primary name of God in the Psalms is the name Yahweh. Now I use the word primary. There's a couple of big names in the Old Testament used for God. There's three primary names. There's Yahweh, there's Jehovah, and those, those two names are actually kind of derivatives of the same name. We interpret both of those names, Lord. And then you have Elohim. So those are the three primary names of God in the Old Testament. But then with those three names... Old Testament writers make like dozens of other names because they'll make compound names. They'll take adjectives. They'll take attributes of God that describe him. And so like they might call out to him in, as a name, the Lord our righteousness or Yahweh Skenu is, is how it's said in the Hebrew. That's a compound name. So you have a lot of different names presented for God in the Old Testament. And yes, some of those names, many of those names are seen in the Psalms But the primary one used is Yahweh, all by itself. And as you can see there, I don't know, that seems like a lot, doesn't it? It's 700 times a lot. 700 times the name Yahweh, the word Lord, is used. Do you remember where we got Yahweh? We received that. Moses got that at the burning bush. That that was the personal name of God, kind of the, the intimate name of God. And so just the overwhelming use of that name is pointing to something about the personal, intimate nature of the Psalms. 
Now, as we look at the Psalms as a body, we get seven different kinds of Psalms, seven groups. Now, when I say seven kinds, I want to be clear, I don't miscommunicate here. I'm not saying David woke up one morning and said, "Ah, you know what, I think today I'll do one of the praise. I'll write a praise Psalm. Or or, or somebody else woke up and said, you know what, I'm going to do a lament Psalm today. I'm not saying they set out to write that kind of Psalm. I'm saying after all 150 Psalms were given to believers... Students of the Psalms, scholars of the Psalms, as they studied them, said, you know, we can, we can kind of break these Psalms up into seven groups. Every Psalm kind of falls into one of these kinds. And that kind of helps us to study them and understand them. And I've given you, by the way, I haven't obviously listed all 150 Psalms, but just some examples uh, out next to them. Praise Psalms. This is for when life is good. Man, we're, we're just loving God, loving life loving everything going on around us. And these psalms tend to, they tend to praise God in general. His, his attributes, his characteristics, his, his works uh, may not be tied to anything specific. Just, hey God, I'm loving you and here, here's what I'm thinking about. And so there's praise psalms. Then there's lament psalms. Now these would be the exact opposite of praise psalms. Lament psalms are when life is not going good. And when you, when you open up these psalms, you know what you find out is sometimes life's not going with, good with me. I, I, I don't like myself. I don't like the way I'm working things out. Sometimes in these psalms, you know what, what I don't like? I don't like you. I, I don't like you. I, I'm having a problem with you. And would you believe in these psalms? You're going to find some have a problem with God. Hey, God, I don't, I don't, I don't like you so much right now. I'm not getting you right now. Man, yeah, we're going to see prayers and ideas like that in the Psalms. There's a whole group of lament Psalms. We have Thanksgiving Psalms. Thanksgiving Psalms actually sound a lot like praise Psalms. Here's the difference. Praise Psalms, again, I said it's kind of a general praise. Thanksgiving Psalms tend to be very specific. They're giving thanks to God for a specific answer to prayer. Or maybe even giving thanks for the way He resolved one of these laments. Then we have a psalm of confidence. These are psalms where the writer is expressing just a great faith, a great trust, a great confidence in, in, in God. And in Psalm 23, maybe the, one of the most well-known is, is an example of that. Then we have kingship psalms. Some of them are pointing to the heavenly king, God. Some of them are about the earthly king, a David or a Solomon. You know, I don't I don't know quite there, but here I think where that's very important to us is to have kingship psalms, is that you and I, we don't live under a king, do we? A a monarchy, that's not really our way of, of processing society, of processing our rulers. But folks, make no mistake, when you get to heaven, it's not a democracy. The Republicans aren't on one side and the Democrats aren't on the other. That's not how it works. There's a king in heaven. And you and I need to understand, you and I need to remember, hey, I live under a king. Maybe not in a socio-political sense on this earth, but yes, as I walk on this earth, I have God the king over me. Then we have remembrance psalms. These are interesting. Again, a couple of examples. Remembrance psalms call us to remember God as Savior, God as Deliverer. Now, you know, when you and I pray to God, We'll pray to God for different things. As a matter of fact, maybe some of those prayers have been offered up just in the last few moments. Maybe maybe you said, man, I I need God the protector. With what I got going on this week, I I need somebody who's going to protect. 
maybe, God, man, God, I need help. I need guidance. Could you show me the way? I need the all-knowing God, the, the wise God. Could you give an answer? Could you give direction? Maybe, maybe you came in here this morning praying, God, I need you to provide. Man, I have no way of making that happen. I have no way of pulling that together. I need God, the, the provider. I need God, the helper. I need God, the healer. And yet we don't have a group of psalms around every one of these prayers, around every one of these aspects, but we have one around that one thing, Savior, Deliverer. I got to thinking about that. You know, folks, it dawned on me. You know what ultimately the answer to every prayer prayed in this room in the last hour is? What every prayer by every believer everywhere that has been prayed in the last week, you know ultimately what the answer is? Ultimately, it's when you and I are delivered out of this earth. I mean, when we pray, we're asking God to fix something, aren't we? And at times He does, and at times He doesn't. Ultimately, everything gets fixed in heaven. Ultimately, every issue is resolved there. Ultimately, what we need is to be rescued, to be delivered out of this earth. Sometimes to be rescued and delivered from ourselves. And so there's a group of Psalms that reminds us, hey, there's ultimately one great answer to everything. And that's God our Savior. Then we have wisdom psalms. These are psalms that come off sounding a little bit like a proverb. They're psalms that teach us, that give us wisdom, that give us instruction on how to live life. Now folks, everything I've just gone over in these slides, again, this is called this introductory material. When you open up a commentary, you're going to find introductory material on on Matthew, on Revelation, on Genesis, on Psalms. And this material kind of tells us, okay, when this happened, what was going on, who wrote it, how to read it, how to understand it. it. And it helps you interpret more effectively. It helps you understand a little bit more about what you're holding in your hands. I want to recommend a commentary, recommend a couple of books. Maybe as we're going through this summer, you're thinking, hey, you know, I want to go a little deeper than the pastor's going on. On the pulpit. I, I want to go a little bit further. I want to do my own study. Let me recommend some things to you. One, the Bible knowledge commentary. Now, this commentary is not just on Psalms. It's on all 66 books of the Bible. There's two volumes, an Old Testament and a New Testament. And what it does is it, it'll give you three, four, five pages of this kind of introductory material. And then it starts Psalm 1 verse 1. Or Matthew 1 verse 1. And it just goes through verse by verse showing you what a word means. Showing you, helping you how to to interpret something. I really like the Bible knowledge commentary. It's a good one to have in your library. If you want to get some books maybe more. By the way, this is in your bulletin if you're trying to write this down. Uh, It's right here. Far, what is that? That's my left hand side, isn't it? Far left in your bulletin. Uh, All these books are in there. And so maybe this summer when you're down at the Outer Banks, I'm sure there's going to be a Sunday here or there where if we could count all of our people that are laying on the beach on Sunday morning, we could double our attendance, right? Yeah. Hey, we're going to go on vacation. That's all right. That's good. But when we're here, let's be here, right? But maybe this summer you wanted to study a little bit more. How to Read the Psalms by Longman, Answering God by Eugene Peterson. These would be some good reads. And there's others. I'm not suggesting these are the only two good books on the Psalms that are out there. Those are two that I recommend. Speaking of Peterson, he has a great quote on the Psalms. Listen to how he describes what you and I hold in our hands with the Psalms. He said, these Psalms don't seek God. I said, don't. These Psalms don't seek God. They respond to the God who seeks us. When God speaks, we don't always know 
how to respond. Perhaps he has caught us in a sin or when we're despairing or when we're in a huff about something we think he should have done differently. What is critical is that we do respond, that we participate in conversation with God. Folks, the Psalms help us to do that. The Psalms teach us to hold on to God, to walk with God, to work it out with God when we don't like God. We don't say that out loud, do we? But see, that's what the Psalms help us work through. Folks, when you and I open up the Psalms, you're opening up something you won't find in another piece of religious literature on this planet. No other religion, no other God does this. No other God teaches you, here's how you hold on to me, here's how you walk with me when you don't even like me, when you don't understand, when you can't see, when you can't connect the dots. Our scriptures, our God, or rather I should say the true scriptures and the real God, hey, guess what? He deals with real people. He deals with real issues. He knows what's going on in real life. And so he addresses. That's what the Word of God is all about. It helps you and I to live and to know Him and to walk with Him. And guess what? Those are real times that we go through. You know, when we think of the Psalms, there's probably certain ideas that come to our minds, certain lines. Oh, oh, I know what's in the Psalms. And we think of maybe lines like this in Psalm 9-1. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. Yeah, that sounds like a Psalm, doesn't it? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Maybe the most famous line of all. Or, or, or I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Man, when we see lines like this or we just hear the word Psalms, we think about that kind of thing. But did you know these kinds of lines were in the Psalms? Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Or how about this one? Let them be put to shame and disappointed altogether who rejoice at my calamity. Or how about this? I was envious of the arrogant. That means I wanted to be like the sinner. Why? Because I saw how prosperous the wicked were. Did you know those kinds of lines were in the Psalms? I mean, folks, did you know there's a prayer in the Psalms about revenge? Gruesome revenge? Did you know in the Psalms, there's a prayer that says, hey, God, I'm struggling with you. I'm going to be honest. I don't see any benefit at all from believing in you. I don't see any benefit from trying to obey you. And to make matters worse, God, I look out there in the world and I see people who don't love you, who don't like you, who aren't interested in you at all. And I'll be quite honest, God, it looks like they're pretty happy. It looks, it looks like they're doing just fine. That Psalm 73, by the way, we're going to be there in September, something to look forward to. How's God work through that one? I mean, you, we, we, that stuff is set. Yeah, you know why it's set? Because it's real, isn't it? It's real. You know what we get in the Psalms? We get permission to work out with God what we're really feeling, what we really want to say, as if He didn't know if we didn't say it out loud. But we get permission to, to work that out with God, to talk that out with God. You know, folks, I, I, I think in the Psalms, you're going to read some of these, maybe like these that I was just showing, and you think, gosh, that, that kind of flies in the face of God, doesn't it? I mean, you can read some of these and think, shouldn't somebody get struck by lightning about right here? Yeah, because it's, it's real. And God says, hey, I know where you are. 
I know you're going to go through that. I know you're not going to be able to connect my dots. You're not going to be able to see what all I'm doing. And I know those things are very real. So let me do what no other God, let me do what no other sacred writings are going to do and address what is really happening and how you hold on to me and how you work through it. Isn't that what Peterson just said? Man, the real issue is that we work through it with God. You know, folks, the Psalms covers almost every topic under the sun. I mean, what did I say? It covers a thousand years. It covers all these issues. It teaches us all these things about man, all these things about God. But you know what? I can boil the Psalms down into three statements. Three statements, and I think you've got the Psalms. Here they are. Praise God. Trust God. And here's the big one. Work it out with God. You know, I was showing you those seven kinds of psalms a moment ago. That one lament. You know, that's one where I'm not okay with everything. Lament has the largest number of psalms in the psalms. The largest number of psalms is saying, hey God, I'm not okay with life right now. God, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm okay with you right now. And God says, let's work this out. And while it might sound in some of these like somebody should be struck by lightning, actually, you know what? Every one of these comes full circle. I'm not saying necessarily come full circle in that, oh, here's the problem, here's the answer, great, everything works now, I understand. No, it all comes full circle in saying, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately all I've got is hope in God. And nobody else has any, anything more. There's no other religion, no person without religion. Nobody out there has anything more than this, hope in God, trust in God. So we praise Him, we trust Him, and we keep going back and working it out with him. Folks, that's kind of what we're going to be, that's what we're going to be walking through this summer. You kind of excited about that? Man, I am. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, praise God for that. We can get excited. Now, now here's what we're going to do. We're not going to study all 150. Boo, bad. And that's, my, that's why you might want to go get some of those books and kind of start your own study. No, we're going to grab a baker's dozen that's going to carry us about up into September. And we're going, to, we're going to look at one psalm a Sunday. Different, obviously different kinds dealing with different issues. Next Sunday, we're going to start with Psalm 1. You're going to get one of the clearest expressions of how to successfully walk through life. So we're going to start with that next Sunday. Now, while we're coming in here on Sundays... And studying a psalm. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Look inside your bulletin. If you didn't get one, by the way, we have them in stands as you go out the doors. Look inside your bulletin. You see today's message, uh, the, the title. And then you see that word faith talk. And there's two things. Number one, of course, was the books that I recommended. Number two, I want to make a couple suggestions for you individually, for you, your family. I want to challenge you. Read a psalm a day. Start today. And read a psalm a day through this series. Now, you won't finish the psalms. I didn't count up the days, but I'm guessing you're going to get to about, I don't know, Psalm 97, 104. And then we're going to be done with the series. I'm going to guess you're going to go ahead and finish. That, I, I'm just going to step out on limb and say you'll finish. But, but read a psalm a day through this series. Do you know most psalms take probably not 90 seconds to read? I'm not saying only tarry there 90 seconds. I'm just saying if you were to open up most Psalms, verse 1 down to the last verse, 90 seconds is all. That's all we're talking about. So put that Bible by your bed. Let that be the, the first thing you do in the day. Or maybe as you're getting into bed at night. I don't know about y'all. Sometimes before I go to bed, it'd be nice just to wash my brain of what happened that day, huh? 
Maybe let God's word be the last thing that just washes over my mind as I go to sleep. Read one psalm a day. Okay? Now, you do that individually, maybe as a couple, maybe as a family. Do this. Once or twice a week, read that psalm together out loud on that day. Or maybe, maybe what you do is, hey, if the whole family's reading a psalm a day, then get together once or twice a week. Hey, what was your favorite psalm this week? Which one did you like? Which line did you like? What, what stood out? Hey, how can we pray as a family over maybe a particular psalm that we read this week? And do that. And then here's this, I, this, this is wild. I don't know what I was thinking. I just got nuts when I put this one down. How about if y'all memorize an entire psalm this summer? Not, not, not the favorite verse in that psalm. I'm talking about the whole entire thing. Just memorize the whole thing. There's some short ones in there. I've recommended a few. you got all summer to do it. Okay? Work on memorizing an entire psalm together. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. That will bless your life. And if you memorize Psalm 119, there's a special prize for that at the end. Yeah, everybody who laughed just knows what Psalm 119 is. Go check it out and you'll see why there's a, a special prize for memorizing that one. 119, go check it out. Folks, man, what, what if that happened? What, what if we came in here and we really dove in 30, 40 minutes and, and saw what an individual psalm said and during the week we're all reading psalms and, and we're speaking those psalms to each other in our home and we're praying over them and we're memorizing. Man, I just wonder what God would do. When he gave us this place where we could deal with real life and hold on to him through it. Learn to talk with him about it. Praise him, get angry at him, fight it out, work it through, and be able to come on clinging to his robe, holding on to his hands. I don't know, I think something very profound could might happen. Individually, maybe as a whole. I don't know, let's just commit this summer to God and what he wants to do through these psalms. That sound like a good idea? Yeah, it would have been an awesome word right there. Let's try it one more time. Would that be a good idea? Yeah. yeah, praise God. Let's do that in prayer right now. Father, we come before you and we give you this summer. We give you the next uh, 13, 14 Sundays, God. And God, would you just open up our heart and open up our mind to see what these saints who've gone before us, how they worked through enemies. How they worked through not being able to see what you were doing or how you were working. How they worked through places where they, hey, I thought there was a promise here. I don't see that promise being fulfilled. God, let us see how people rejoiced in you and praised you and, and gave thanks to you. God, we want to learn to talk to you. We want to learn to work out life with you. Be able to come out the other side holding on to you tighter than we ever have before. God, I lift up to you this summer and I pray that's what will result in my life, in our lives. Bless, bless the study. Bless the words that are going to come forth off this pulpit. God, bless the, the work that goes on inside of homes or maybe even out there laying on the beach. God, bless our study of this and speak to us and do a great work in our lives because we need it, God. Because we're all of us here, we're walking through real life. We're walking through real issues. And we want to know that as we walk through it, there's a real God who has real help for us. Even before we start, God, can I just say thank you. Thank you for the songs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.